In today's show, we look back at Thursday's action. Six games in the NBA. We talk about the news of the Jalen Brown injury, the impacts there. All the other news across the NBA, Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at basketballmonster.com and you can find me on Twitter as always at redrock underscore Beeble, on TikTok at redrock underscore Beeble, and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash LockedOnNBA. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. We're here. Six games. It's Thursday. We've got news to talk about. We've got so much stuff going on. There's so much interesting things. Well, so many. That's better English. So many interesting things that happen, including an update on Tyrese Halliburton. So, warning. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> All right, injury updates. Um, Jalen Brown is going to be out for a week or two with a groin issue. Really didn't see that coming. Sort of came out of nowhere. Hopefully, it's nothing longer than that. But that's where we're at with him. We'll break down the Celtics rotation when we talk about the Celtics game later on. But the short of it is that you know, you've got White, Brogdon, Grant Williams, who will get a boost as guys you might be able to roster in 12-team leagues. We'll talk more about that later on. The other news is Tyrese Halliburton out for at least two weeks with an elbow sprain and a knee bone bruise. I'm always hearing at least, and they go, oh, no, I'm going to add something extra onto that. That doesn't sound great. Um, I don't think it's not season-ending or anything like that, which is great news. But I don't think two weeks is realistic. The big question is going to be Nempard or McConnell, and honestly, I don't have an answer to it. I don't believe McConnell will start. I think Nempard will start at point guard, which gives him a boost. But the big games that we saw from Andrew Nempard when Halliburton was out last time, McConnell was also out, and Chris Duarte was also out. So he played 40 minutes as the only point guard, and that's not going to be the case here. So it's not just a straight port of that, hey, look what he did against the Warriors when Halliburton was out. It's not just as simple as that. And last game, when Halliburton went down, it was McConnell who stepped up and handled a lot of the ball handling duties. I think both Nempard and McConnell are 12-team ads. The priority one, well, that's tough. If McConnell plays 26 minutes, it's him. That's, that's how I view it. But I'm not confident in that. But I am confident that Nempard's going to play 33, 32 a night every night. So for safety's sake... I'd probably say Nembard, but Nembard is rostered in way more leagues than what McConnell is. McConnell is still available in a lot of spots. And I think he's definitely worth a look in 12-team leagues. So go for Nembard first, go for McConnell second, and don't be surprised if they both have value. I think this also boosts the value of Aaron Neesmith to be a 12-team league player. And to be honest, it might actually mean Jalen Smith moves back into that zone. Now, I don't think it does, but instead of starting McConnell in place of Halliburton, which is not what I think they'll do, I think they'll move heel to the two, Neesmith to the three, opening up minutes at the four. Now, what they could do is they could put Matherin into the starting lineup, or they could just put Jalen Smith back as the starting four. So I think both Matherin and Smith have higher chances of starting than McConnell. I could be completely wrong on this. That's just how I'm trying to view this at this point. But Neesmith, McConnell, Nembhardt all get boosts to be 12-team league players. Smith is an interesting one. Matherin's an interesting one. It's not like Matherin hasn't had the opportunities, though. He has. He hasn't done anything with them. Or, sorry, hasn't done enough for category leagues. 
um, to be considered a must roster, even with the opportunities. But we're going to get more of an idea of that yesterday. Or yesterday, shit, not yesterday, the opposite of yesterday, tomorrow. Bradley Beal is still out tomorrow, but he is nearing a return. So the values that you might have had from a Kispert in deeper leagues or an Avdia, it's not going to last. Um, Landry Shamet and Chris Paul are out again on Friday. Shamet's not good enough to hold through injuries, so drop him now. I've got no problem with that, especially with other options appearing. With Chris Paul out, do you go back to Dwayne Washington? He's very hit or miss, and there are better streaming options out there. He's fine to go with, but I don't feel confident with it. Aiton is questionable. Duran is out again, but Stewart is questionable. Now, if Duran and Stewart are both out, Nerlens Noel's the grab. But if Stewart plays, last time that happened, Noel played 13 minutes, and it wasn't really worth it. It could be worth it, and I don't mind him as a stream, but it is just a very short-term scenario. Kevin Porter Jr. is out. I think they'll start KJ Martin. He's at least worth a look. I wouldn't say he's necessarily a must roster, but he's worth a look. And then what that will mean is a few extra minutes for Tari preseason, um, a few extra minutes for uh, Jason Tate if his body can handle it, and maybe Dacian Nix or Ty Ty Washington get back into the rotation there for deeper formats. And the Hornets finally made a decision to not label Gordon Hayward doubtful every game. Um, he's going to be around another week, which again, is makes sense. That's two weeks for a hamstring. Cool. That makes sense. So we just keep rolling with Jalen McDaniels. I don't believe you need to hold Gordon Haywood through this injury. Um, grab him when he comes back if you want. Not like he was playing well when he was there. Um, so no, no reason for me to think that he has to be held through this injury. Let's look at the waiver wire. The most added players over the last 24 hours or since I did the waiver wire show. Number one is Nembhard. Not a surprise. Up 42%. Yep. Fine. Grab him. Number two is the Winter Soldier, Max Struess, up 30%. Yes, it's great for a short-term stream. He's getting big minutes. It's not going to last, but short-term stream, no worries. Kenrich Williams, that didn't really work out today. He was up 23%, but the Thunder did have that really good schedule with the three games in four nights and the Thursday, Friday back-to-back. So it made sense to grab him. And if you did grab him, you'd hold through tomorrow and see what goes on there. A little surprised. Maybe I'm not surprised, but a little surprised to see Rubio there. Love Rick Rubio, but up 15% in roster percentage. And this, these numbers are like 12-team leagues. That, I don't believe... He's going to play like eight... And that game's not finished yet. Someone in the chat of the um, recap show that does say, I think Josh records these before the final games are done. Yeah, I do. And then I record the final games at the end. That's how we, That's how I get them out so quick after that final game ends. So that Cavs game has started. Rubio's going to play between eight to 12 minutes. And we'll talk more about him later on. But I just don't see 12-team value in him this season, or at least in any point soon. Royce O'Neal up 13%. We knew that there'd be a little bit of extra boost for him without um, KD. That makes sense. Seth Curry up 12%. Well, it was actually Joe Harris that got the start there. Curry, there are probably other guys I'd prefer to add than Curry. And one of them is Tony Warren, who did get some extra minutes and extra shot attempts. Again, we'll talk about that Nets game in more detail later. And then Storm and Norman Powell's up 9%. Paul George and Luke Kennard are out again tomorrow. So Powell's going to probably get 30-plus minutes and get some good numbers there. The most dropped players. It's really hard to argue with any of these. I will argue with one of them, and I might put up a soft argument against another one of them. Landry Shamet down 12%. You know what? Should we just jack these guys? Get that garbage out of here! No problem. See you later, Landry. Add him again when he returns. That's fine. Uh, Montrez Harold down 10%. Yep, clear drop with Embiid back. In fact, Paul Reed played more minutes than Harold today. DiVincenzo down 9%. Easy drop. Larry Nance down 8%. Totally fine. Absolutely. In a head-to-head league... It's just too unreliable, too inconsistent. And with the way he's playing and without Zion, it hurts him. Drop him, no problem. Dwayne Washington down 8%. You might want to restream him for tomorrow, but I think his value is still capped and it's wildly inconsistent. Emmanuel quickly down 7%. That's a soft hold to me. He played 26, 27 minutes. It looked like it was going to be like a 19-minute disaster. It's probably still not enough. And if you do need to move on from quickly to add McConnell or Nempart or Neesmith, 
those guys benefiting there or Derek White in Boston, I would do it. No problem. Dan Gafford's the one I'm, I object to. Down 6%. Silly to me. Yes, I know he's dealing with an ankle problem, but this is a guy that's probably got a chance to put up top 70, top 80 numbers rest of the season. He might not, but he's got a chance to do it. I wouldn't drop him because he missed two games. Absolutely would not. And then Rui Hachimura, yeah, I'm surprised he was rostered in enough spots to be dropped in that many spots. There was, I don't know. Again, I've said this for four years of his career, that he's not a category league player and it keeps bearing out and that's where we're at. It's it's just part of how his game is. It just is. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. As a small business owner or hiring manager, you know that success in 2023 all depends on the team members that you surround yourself with. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experiences to help you achieve your goals. LinkedIn Jobs helps you quickly attract qualified candidates to your open jobs with targeting tools. They go beyond resume data by using insights from your job post, company, and their 875 million member profiles to put your post in front of the most qualified candidates. Identify the most qualified candidates on LinkedIn Jobs and connect with them fast and for free. LinkedIn Jobs makes it easy to screen and rate applicants based on your job qualifications all on one platform. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's linkedin.com slash LockedOnNBA to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Let's get into the games. Game one. How about, uh, how about them Thunders? They beat the Sixers. Remember all of the nonsense hand-wringing from last season? The Thunder need to be relocated. They're disgusting. They're a disgrace to the NBA. They've been tanking for five years, never drafting a Thunder player. They just don't care about winning. They just knocked off the Sixers on the road, 133-114, and the team that was injured was the Thunder. They they don't have Chet. I don't know what they're going to do end of season, but I have maintained, yes, they sat a lot of guys in April. But I've also maintained that the injuries to Shea were injuries. Like, they didn't just sit him down in February and say, don't play anymore. They didn't. He was injured. Same as the year before when he had that plantar fascia strain that kept him out for four months all through the summer. You know that I've been pretty um, adamant about that. Yes, you know, when you're playing Xavier, he's not even an Xavier. He's actually just a Xavier with a Z. My man, Simpson. Simpson, eh? When you're playing him 44 minutes and Georgios Kalatsakis 44 minutes, it's very clear what you're doing. This was in April, the last five, six games. I think Simpson played five games for this team. And that was very clear. And it's it's not great. But that's why we don't play fantasy in April. Um, But they're, they're, they're actually really good. They're not really good. Let's, sorry. But they're fun. They're interesting. And there's a very bright future. I love what they did today. 35 minutes for Shea, 37, eight and six. One steal, two blocks. An insane 16 of 16 from the line. His ability to go from a good free throw shooter to the best. It's, it's, where did it come from? No one could have predicted that. I had him early on in the draft process at like number 19. And then he had that knee injury and I moved into about 32 or 33. And even both of those seem stupid now. Like he's killing it. Josh Giddy, 36 minutes. 20 and 4, 8 assists, 50% shooting. One of the things that we talk about, ooh, Mobley. Barnes, Green, they haven't really taken steps forward. Some of them might have regressed. That's true. Giddy and Shengun are probably the two second-year players. There's probably someone else I'm missing who have taken big, big steps forward. I think Giddy, after some rough stuff early on, has massively improved. He looks great. 
he was cooking hard in ISOs. Like, I don't know what was going on. He, he was really good. And the shooting, he's actually shooting the ball pretty well. It's a big, big improvement. I'm also really impressed with the Bronco, Jalen Williams. Broncos country, let's ride. One of my hot takes in the offseason was that he was going to, by January, I think I said January of the All-Star break, he was going to overtake Lou Dort as their third best player. What do you think? We there? We there? All right, we're, we're close. We've got to be close. 14-5-4, a steal and a block, two threes for Jalen Williams in 27 minutes. So 27 minutes is annoying, but he remains a 12-team league player, a must-roster player. Because, you know, Prokashevsky's not coming back anytime soon. Even if Robinson Earl comes back, I don't think it's impacting uh, Williams. I don't think he's got top 80 upside or anything long-term this season, but he is the 67th ranked player over the last week. About a week ago, he was top 50, so he's put up some good numbers. They also started Pig Williams, who actually thought played well today. Now, he got five fouls, um, and that limited it. That happens against Embiid. 11 and 5 in 18 minutes. I wouldn't rush to add him, but I'd consider it in like 16 and maybe 14 teams. The center position continues to be a mystery, though. Baisley was out for four games in a row, just didn't play. And then he played, and they took Aaron Wiggins out. 14 minutes for Baisley. We got 16 minutes of Mike Muscala, 17 minutes of the Oklahoma City mudflap, Kenrich Williams, who had been playing well and then struggled here. If you did add him, as I said earlier, hold for tomorrow because they play again tomorrow. And that position just continues to be a little bit of a mess. But speaking of Dort. No, my son is also named Bort. Four points on 14% shooting. He had three assists with a steal. He is the 187th ranked player this season. He is not a 12-team category league player. He is a 12-team points league guy, but only barely. And I don't know that this is the last season for him as a starter. But I wouldn't be surprised. Another draft pick or two next season. Full off-season for Jalen Williams. The return of Chet. I wonder where Dort fits. For the Sixers. 36 minutes for Harden, 24, 6, and 15. He's really rolling at the moment, the eighth-ranked player this season. Embiid played 28 minutes. You might ask why. Well, he got into foul trouble. So, of course, Doc Rivers had to artificially foul him out. Didn't foul out, of course. He ended up with five fouls, but this is what happens when coaches sit players for foul trouble. You end up fouling them out anyway. 28 minutes, 30 and 10, 10 of 10 from the line. Great game. But he was limping. And that foot does not look right, which is a concern. 33 minutes for Tyrese Maxey. The six assists are nice, but didn't hit a three. 17, 2, and 6 with two steals. And let's talk about the wave pool to Anthony Melton. 23 minutes for him. 8 points, 3 assists, 2 threes. That's not a very good line. Absolutely no problem with saying that. He's the 205th ranked player over the last week. If you are absolutely desperation stakes, he is your worst player. You can move on. But also remember that if Harden gets hurt, Melton plays 30. If Maxi gets hurt, Melton plays 30. If Embiid gets hurt, Melton probably plays 30. If Tobias Harris gets hurt, Melton probably plays 30. If Tucker gets hurt, Melton plays 30. So you've got so many paths for him to get big minutes, and he can still produce in these in these roles that I'd be more I'd be inclined to hold him. It's not looking great, but I would be inclined to hold. They're reducing Tucker's minutes, 21 minutes again, zero points. That's interesting, and they're not closing the game with him. It was also a rough night from the thick hogsman, Tobias Harris. Um, I think I am a TH. T to the H. Yeah, TH for life. 33 minutes, 13 points, 3 rebounds, 39% shooting, 17 usage. You know my worries with him is on a full-strength team. He gets lost, and he's maybe not a top 100 guy. He's 96th over the last week. He's still 56th for the season, but I do, and I have maintained this all season, that he is going to drop away. And maybe we're seeing a little bit of that now. Thibault played only 11 minutes, while uh, Paul Reed got 13 minutes to Harrell's 7, which was an interesting, an interesting development. Second game. The Hornets... 
the Raptors. The Raptors 124, the Hornets 114. Um, let's talk Charlotte. They're increasing the Cockroaches' minutes. 35 a night. He, or not a night, but he played 35 minutes. 16 and 15 on 100% shooting is really good. I'm not saying that he is not a solid enough player because he puts up okay numbers. He also gets absolutely roasted on defense all the time. And you're a 33-year-old, unrestricted free agent on a team going nowhere. Why are we increasing his minutes? It, it, it boggles the mind. It absolutely boggles the mind what they're doing. But yeah, Plumlee's a must-roster player. The other thing they did which boggled, boggled the mind is um, Mike Williams. Out of the rotation. Oh, hi, Mark. Nah, bye. You're killing me. What, what is this? In fact, you're tearing me apart. <laughs> Nick Richards played 13 minutes for seven points and two blocks while Williams is out of the rotation. So we had that hope. Hey, if Plumlee gets traded, if something happens, if they decide to pivot, God God forbid Steve Clifford ever plays a young player, um, that Williams would be first in line. Now I'm not so sure. Does this mean that Williams is permanently out of the rotation or at least short term? We haven't heard that, but it was definitely something that happened here. The luxury stash became even more luxury, absolute high-end luxury. You can't do it in a 12-team league unless you are just absolutely flying and you've got extra bench spaces because he's getting zeros. Like getting eight and six with a block on 55% at least gave you something where you could justify holding. If it's going to be zeros, I don't think you can. LaMelo Ball played 40 minutes. Wow. 32-4-7 and seven with two steals. Unfortunately, he was only six of nine from the line, but some good numbers there. Well, is Rogier back? 21, 3, and 5, 50% shooting, 38 minutes, three threes. Finally, they took 40 games, but finally the shots are going in. We knew the volume was fine. It was there all season, but the shots are finally going in. Hopefully, hopefully he can stick at it. PJ Washington, um, not his best night, 11 points on 12 shots, while Jalen McDaniels also struggled. 28 minutes for him, 10 and 5 with not much else. He still does remain a 12-team league guy, but his upside is, is relatively capped. Um, On to the Raptors. They've got five games next week. Let's get that out there. They've got five games next week. So the urge will be, ooh, I look at a bench player on the Raptors and stream them in. But who? Boucher played 10 minutes for five points. Flynn played 14 minutes and went scoreless. Coloco played six minutes. Hernan Gomez came back into the rotation and played 12, and they could have gone with Thad Young there. The only guy I'd maybe consider is the Big Sneeze, who played 18 minutes, but even then, I probably wouldn't. And his line is bolstered by the fact that he had five steals. But I don't feel com comfortable with any of these guys playing 15 minutes a night, every night, for five games next week. I, I just don't. If I had to choose one, it's probably Boucher, because he does have that at least 20-minute upside. But I'm, I'm not sure any of them, and looking at my weekly projections... None of them cracked the top 120 for next week, even with five games. The starters, it's going to be great. Siakam, 35 and 7. Awesome. Scotland Barnes, only 34 minutes. He always seems to play fewer minutes than the others, but 21 and 7, 9 assists, 2 blocks, good percentages, great game. Ananobi, 15, 4 and 4, with 4 steals and a block. But what about Scarves? OG. Stop, OG. Uh, you better stop, OG. Um, yeah, like, great. Van Vliet, very low usage, but 11, 5, and 8 with two steals actually gets the job done. And this is the biggest Gary Trent line that I have ever seen. 19 points. That's good. Oh, 19 shots, 32%. Well, that's bad. Two threes, serviceable. Two steals, really good. Two rebounds and one assist. This is what he does. It's points, it's threes, it's terrible field goals, and it's steals. And if that makes sense for you, then it makes sense for you. He's not going to be for everybody. Like, he's, he's rolling, obviously. He's playing great minutes. He's putting up good production. I still worry that he's going to get dealt. 
and then his role is going to completely crater and he's going to be nowhere near rosterable. But for now, we just keep rolling with it. Good stuff. Today's episode is also brought to you by betonline.net. Betonline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from pro football to the NBA, college basketball as well. They've got it all at betonline.net, including week one of the NFL playoffs with the 49ers and Brock Purdy are nine and a half point favorites over Geno and the Seahawks. Can Geno pull off the upset? Well, don't know. At least they've got more of a chance than my Dolphins, who are 13 and a half point underdogs now against the Buffalo Bills in week one of the NFL playoffs. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info, including all of that playoff action. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline is where the game starts. And don't forget to gamble responsibly. Game three. This could have been a cracker. A few players out. Still was not a bad game. The Celtics beat the Nets 109-98, the final score. For Boston, they rested Al Horford with back-to-back spasms. And of course, Jalen Brown was out with that groin injury. So we don't have a full idea of the lineup, but what I think the lineup will be as we move forward will be Smart, White, Tatum, Rob Williams, Al Horford. Let's start with the Rock DJ himself. Rock DJ. Now, 8-5 and five with a block's not great. Obviously, like cards on the table, that's not a very good line. But the amount of people I've seen panicking about Rob Williams, man, I don't know how long I can keep doing it in a points league. Well, he's 151st in a Yahoo points league. In a category, man, like, I'm in a 12-team category league. What do I do with Rob? Like, how do I keep going? He's 92nd. And if you include turnovers, he's, what, 60th? Like, I don't... And he just played 29 minutes. Right, 29 minutes. That's it now. We're on. It's it's go time from here on out. Yes, he will still sit some back-to-backs. But 29 minutes, it is go time. Expect some big numbers. I hope. Fingers crossed. This wasn't good. But that doesn't matter. Derek White. 37 minutes for Maximum Derek. Maximum Derek. 15 and 7 with four threes of steel and a block. The only person out of this game is Horford. So White is definitely a 12-team league guy for the short term. Grant Williams played 43 minutes after playing 38 yesterday. 12 and 5 with three blocks. Horford returning does impact him, but I think the absence of Jalen gives 28, 29 minutes for Grant. I wouldn't say that he's a must-roster 12-team league guy. He's a fringe guy. He's a 14-team league guy, no problem. And Brown's absence does help him, but I wouldn't be massively into it. What I do think happens is Marcus Smart gets a big boost. He had 16, 6, and 10 in his return. And Tatum, only 20 and 11 on 32% shooting. It's interesting. Could have done it probably a little bit more than not great shooting knife for Tatum. Brogdon, only 20 minutes, was also a little bit confusing. 16 points for him in 20 minutes on 54%. I still think with the Brown absence, that makes him a 12-team league guy, clearly. And it's also good to see Peyton Pritchard out there. 15 minutes for him, 9 points. When Horford returns, is he the guy that gets eliminated from the rotation? Or are they just going to go with the absence of Brown? Can Pritchard be a deeper league guy? I don't think so, but I thought he played well. The other big question we need to know, probably the bigger question, is what the hell happens in Brooklyn when KD is out? Well, they started Joe Harris, who'd been an afterthought. They were starting, uh, Curry was playing more minutes than him every night, basically. So Joe started, played 29 minutes, 18 points with four threes. The two steals are nice as well. He did this on 64% shooting, including 57% from three. Now, he's a good shooter. He's not that kind of a shooter, but that is at least uh, food for thought. I don't think I'd rush to add him in a 12-team league, but it definitely makes me more skeptical about Seth Curry. Curry still played 25 minutes and had 11 points, but if Harris is going to start and play more minutes, then I find it hard to consider either of those guys anything more than streamers for points and threes. I feel a bit better about Tony Warren because he played 28 minutes. He was able to close the game with him. He scored 20. 
Unfortunately, he Gary Trented his way to one rebound and one assist and had a block. Now, usually he's not going to be a one rebound player. He can be a six to seven rebound player. And then we go 20 and seven with two threes is really good. So I would look to add him in 12s over Curry and over um, Harris. I'd also make sure that the Basmati man, Royce O'Neal, is rostered. As we sort of expected, a couple of extra minutes for him, 38 of them here. He had 11 and five, and he had an absolute monster, Richie Benno. Two for two, two, two. Two threes, two assists, two steals, two blocks. He won't do that every night, but he is a 12-team league player for sure while Durant is out. And I think we sort of expected that. Like if O'Neal's there, grab him and then try for Warren or Curry was the, the way that I looked at it. And now I'm just mainly focusing now on O'Neal first still and then uh, Warren after that. Don't, I know some people went for Yuta Watanabe. That would not have been the direction I would have gone. And I think you can move on from that. Five points in 21 minutes for Yuta the shooter. Just a deeper league guy. Well, Kyrie played 38 minutes, 24, 2, and 6. Just unfortunately an off-night shooting. We've got to talk about um, Benny Simmons, though. He only played 26 minutes. He had five fouls. He didn't score. He took three shots and missed them all. But he had nine rebounds, 13 assists, two steals, and a block. Now, of course, you don't roster Simmons for scoring. You'd want some scoring, though. But everything else is unbelievable. Look at those. That, everything else is great. Just no scoring. I think he's going to be pretty strong here without Durant, or, or better than this, but like I think we're going to see some really interesting numbers for him come. I don't know whether it's back to absolute peak Simmons, but I'm intrigued to see where it goes. The next game, the undermanned Miami Heat beat the undermanned Milwaukee Bucks. I'm not sure how many takeaways are out of this. 108, 102, the final score. There was no Middleton, no Giannis, no Grayson Allen, no Joe Ingles. For the Bucks, we talked on the mailbag show earlier today, me and Kingy, about Giannis' struggles. And it's like, mate, is it his knee? And then he sat out today with a knee injury. That knee is going to be a problem all season. So I can tell you, look, this game that you know, Drew had 24-6-11, that's really strong. I can say, what a game from Javon Carter off the bench. 31 minutes, 18-4-3, three steals and six triples. Okay. But does it actually mean anything when there's four players who could easily return next game? And at least one of them definitely will, and that's Ingles. It doesn't mean much. Like it means the same as Jordan Wara scoring 16 points in 27 minutes. Nothing. Portis had 12-7. and seven. Good game from him. Lopez struggled, six points, two threes, 17%. And Connaughton also struggled. I don't believe Pat Connaughton's a 12-team league player at all. Nine points, two threes, 32 minutes. He has one or two good games, but he's not really even a 14-team league guy, despite the minutes. And Beauchamp started and went scoreless in 18 minutes. Again, very hard to take a huge amount out of that. And the same goes with Miami. No Hero, no Lowry, no Martin. But Bam did return. 24 and 12 with two steals and a block. And without Lowry, huge minutes of Gabe Vincent. 41 minutes, 28, 3 and 6, two steals and five threes. Last season, when Lowry was out, Vincent was a great 12-team league guy. Now, some of this is because Lowry and Hero are out. But Gabe is worth a short-term stream to, until we find out more about their injuries. Oladipo, 14, 8 and 8. He's going to hurt your field goal percentage. But minutes and role seem sort of secure. Absolute 12-team league guy. And the Winter Soldier played 41 minutes, Max Struess. I like the 12 and 10. It's pretty good, but... I don't trust him getting anywhere near enough minutes to be anything more than a absolute short-term streamer. And I'd still prefer Vincent over him. Like Oladipo's got the staying power. Vincent and Struess don't. So I would like Oladipo, Vincent, Struess is the order that would add these guys, despite the big minutes from Max. Jimmy Butler, not at his best. 17 and 11 with no defensive stats and 39% shooting, while Orlando Robinson did retain the backup center job behind Deadman. I guess it was would have been hard for Deadman to do that considering that he was suspended in this one. But I think Robinson's got that spot anyway. And Highsmith, High, High geez, that was bad. Highsmith continues to start and play backup minutes. Three points, eight rebounds, 14% shooting. His shooting percentages 
are pretty bad this season and he is not really even a stream in sort of 12-team formats at all. Probably not even 14s, to be honest. All right, the next game. And before we get onto this one, just got to apologize for, well, I, it's not my fault, but the ESPN um, box scores, which is where I get the graphics for the show, they've all gone to shit. So it's just, there's all zeros right across the box score. So there's no point in me putting that up. And it only just happened in the last like one minute of these games. So I had to resort to the NBA.com box scores. So just be aware, it's going to look different. It's going to be individual teams on each page. We'll put it up. We'll see how it looks. It's not going to look great, but there you go. That's where we're at. Cabs. They somehow get the victory over the Blazers, 119-113, the final score. They were down for the vast majority of this game, but they came back putting up a um, a huge performance, really. like That's just a massive, massive win to get that there. The Cavs, Jared Allen played 39 minutes after being sick last game, 24-10-6. He had to play extra minutes because Mobley was in foul trouble. Now, Mobley only played 25 minutes, but still had 17-8-4. And, and Don Mitchell ended up with a pretty good line, 26-5, five assists and two steals. And Garland had 20 and 10 with two threes. All of their main players with big numbers. It was also a really good performance from Isaac Okoro. 29 minutes for him, 11 points, five rebounds and two steals. 100% shooting. You don't get that from him too often. Do not overreact to this. Don't do anything with it. But the fact does remain that Dean Wade, just he, they announced during the middle of this game that he had a setback with his shoulder rehab. So he's going to be out a little bit more. Not that that should impact too much for fantasy, but it just does give Okoro um, a little bit of a buffer to continue to work on that role. You're going to be shocked to know that um, Dracaris Levert sucked. Dracaris. 4-4-3 four, four, and three in 31 minutes. There is no reason for you to hold him in 12-team leagues. When these guys are healthy, he's just not there. And I'm burying the lead, baby, but ravishing Rick Rubio. 10 minutes in his return. Nine points, two threes. 60% shooting, one assist. Great. Love having him out there. Love Ricky Rubio. Nine points is pretty good in 10 minutes. Of course, he's not a 60% shooter. He's not normally a 24 usage guy either. Um, I just don't think it's going to be worth holding and waiting for what upside overall? The 130th best player, maybe? Is that is that going to be worth it? I don't believe it is. So I wouldn't add him in 12-team leagues. Now I've got to change my whole way that I do this uh, stuff. Let's bring the Portland Trailblazers box score across. Double stinger. The Blazers' Lillard. He was a game-time decision before this game. Don't think it really mattered. He played 40 minutes and scored 50 points. He was on the buy low show the other day, and uh, I reckon that might be closed, even though last game he struggled a little bit. 50 points, 57% shooting, 13 of 15 from the line. That was one of the major things that was dragging his production down. His, his free throws were well down. He didn't do a huge amount else here, though. Two rebounds and three assists. Five threes is nice, but obviously the 50 points is great. Jeremy Grant, 36 minutes. He started off a little bit slow, but 25 points. He hit three threes. Two steals and two blocks from Grant is really a surprise. It's not a surprise to see him only have one rebound, but those defensive stats are a surprise. He also was able to go 38% from three, which is about, I think, where the expectations should lie. Just disappointing from the line, going four of seven there, but overall a good game. But Simon's a bit squeezed out there. Red was. Dog him, Red. 32 minutes for Anthony. Five points. No, 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 no. 15 points. He took only 10 shots. It's a usage of 15%. He was a minus 10. He had five assists. I'm not sure. Like, this team is... No one really talks about it, but this team is going downwards quickly. I'm not sure about this. I wasn't really convinced about this pairing in the offseason, just like, you know, rehashing the McCullum Lillard pairing with the worst defender in Simons. Um, and Simons is a little bit lost. I don't really know where he is at the moment. 122nd over the last week in fantasy. He's still been good because there was that big patch earlier when Lillard was out, but he has really struggled when Lillard plays. Nurkic had a double-double, 12-12. Double, or Josh Hart just struggled offensively, five points only. 
But he did have seven boards, three assists, and a steal. Overall, not a terrible line. Gary Payton, I just don't think there's going to be any 12-team value there. Zero points for him in 21 minutes, but it's good to see him play the 21 minutes. And usually, he can be a steal streamer. He just wasn't that today. All right, and because that last game went for so long, ESPN's stats were able to get fixed, and we've got the old box scores back. There we go. The Mavericks survive against the Lakers, 119-115, the final score in double overtime after Luka Doncic hits a game-tying three in regulation and a game-tying three at the end of the first uh, overtime period. Just a just a game full of massive performances. Let's start with the crucifix, Christian Wood. 47 minutes, 24-14, six assists, one steal, and five blocks. Wow. 59% from the field, unfortunately two or four from the line, and even more unfortunately, he sprained his ankle in it with about a minute left, or about 50 seconds left in the second overtime, had to leave the game, and Dwight Powell came in. We will watch that. He was not uh, feeling very well. He did that after straight after a block, but it was just a massive game. Massive game from Luca as well. 35, 14, and 13. Oh, stunning. Yeah. Steal a block. Unfortunately, missed a couple of like key free throws in overtime and was only three of seven from the line. That hurts. Dinwiddie had a monster dunk late, 17, 4, and 4, while Hardaway. This is what he does. 48 minutes, 22 points, three threes. You got eight bonus rebounds as well. If you're getting anything else out of Tim Hardaway, you're kidding yourself. That is what he brings. Reggie Bullock brings nothing but sadness usually, but at least he had two steals and two threes, and he had nine rebounds. He played 47 minutes. He started over Powell. There's really no fantasy league where I see he'd be an option to use. While Jaden Hardy played just the six minutes for three points, and Davis Bertans played only seven minutes. Luca played the entire second half, apart from about a two-second rest, I think, in one of the overtime periods. For the Lakers, um, let's let's start with a guy who wasn't good. Only 24 minutes for the tank, Tom Bryant. Not because of foul trouble. He was just getting cooked. He got roasted, so they benched him. 11-9 and nine in 24 minutes. And was what I've been saying about Bryant. Really good offensive center, but defensively, he's terrible. And I don't really know how that pairing goes with Davis because you want Davis to be doing a lot of the defensive stuff, so Bryant's got to be able to help out and probably get out into the perimeter at times, and it's just not going to work. And then when the ball is not in his hands as much, what value is he actually bringing? When you've got Davis and LeBron with the ball and doing all of that work, what is Bryant doing out there? That's why I'm really skeptical of that Bryant-Davis pairing working or being in use for significant minutes because I just Bryant's defense is so bad. And even in this game, they just went with Wenyan Gabriel. Now, Gabriel was pretty good in this one, 14 and 7, two steals and two blocks. But that is the fear that I have with Bryant. 40 minutes for Westbrook. He sort of lost his mind a little bit at the end of the game, but 28, 7 and 5. Of course, he was bad with his field goals and bad with his free throws. Do you think Westbrook's the sixth man of the year? I don't think he is, but I also don't know who my sixth man would be at this point. But I know he's a raging favorite. Do you believe that he's been the best sixth man this season? LeBron had 24, 16, and 9. Unfortunately, just 32 from the field and 60 from the line. If I'm going to bag Westbrook for bad percentages, LeBron was worse. They are really bad numbers. And Max Christie got another start with everyone out. 29 minutes, 7 points. Dennis Schroeder, this is what we talked about. It's gross, isn't it? He was going to cool off. 7 points on 23% shooting. He did have six assists, but no threes, no steals, no blocks. And when players get healthy, and by players, I mean Reeves and Walker and Beverly, I don't think that he's a must-roster player. And then when Davis comes back, there's no chance. He's just not very good, and he needs a lot of the ball, and he needs to shoot well, which he doesn't do often enough. Troy Brown played 38 minutes. That's something to watch for deeper leagues while these players are out. And he had eight points, but hit a couple of threes. And uh, interesting part of the rotation. He played minutes there over Max Christie, who started 29 minutes for Maxi. Who had seven points. I think he scored those seven points in about a two-minute stretch uh, in the middle of that game. 
Let's go to the lines of the night. The monstrous line of the night is Shea Gilgis Alexander. Your waiver wire line of the night is Gabe Vincent. The young gun of the night is Scotland Barnes. And the dud of the night is Lou Dort. Your top 10 players in category leagues. Number one is Shea, followed by Christian Wood, Damian Lillard, Pascal Siakam, James Harden, Drew Holiday, Gabe Vincent, Joel Embiid, Luka Doncic, and Bam Adebayo. Your top 10 players rostered in under 50% of leagues. Vincent at one. Definitely a stream option while Lowry is out, especially with Hero out too. Joe Harris shot really well today. Got the start for Durant. Probably more of a 14-team league guy. Javon Carter, not interested. Wenyan Gabriel, good performance. Not interested in adding in most leagues. Grant Williams, yeah, like while Jalen is out, there is a chance. But I think his value really boosted because Al Horford and Rob Williams sat the last two games. Jordan Wara, absolutely no interest. Isaac Okoro, no thank you. Reggie Bullock, these are 20-team league players. Uh, AJ Green, I do like AJ Green. I think he's worked his way to get converted at some point onto a full-time NBA contract, but for fantasy, we don't care. And then Luke Cornett, no. Points leagues. Number one player was Doncic, followed by Wood, Gildas Alexander, Lillard, LeBron, Harden, Scott Barnes, Adebayo, Lamello, and Jared Allen. And that will do it for me today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. But if you're here on YouTube, thumb it up and leave those comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.